0: All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining, uh, listening today. Um, uh, August the thirtieth, I believe. Uh, thank you for listening today. Our scripture today comes from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 to 28. Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 to 28. Let's go to the Lord before we go to uh, the word this day. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us. I pray you continue to guide and be with each and every one of us. I pray your hand be upon the listener. Watch over, guide, and be with them, Lord. I pray your hand be upon each and every one of us to uh, give us uh, insight into your word and understand understanding of what is uh what it is you are uh relaying to us today father and i pray that your spirit would uh, speak through me lord that you would use me lord this day and i ask this in your son jesus christ name i pray lord let it be amen okay matthew chapter 16 verses 21 to 28 and it reads, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day, be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. He said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone come after me, he must deny himself and take up his his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Amen. I have entitled this, If Anyone Would Come After Me. In our previous verses, we read that Peter made his declaration of who Jesus truly is. He is the Son of God, the Messiah, or the Christ. Now, Jesus begins to really uh, really hit his disciples with some hard information. So let's take a look at what he said and the response of his disciples. More importantly, the response of Peter. In verse 21, Jesus talks about the future, talks a little bit about what's to come and and the future suffering. Jesus knew what was in store for him down the road, but he needed his disciples to understand what was going to take place as well. They needed some insight. They needed to understand what was going to happen. they They couldn't on their own handle it if it was just popped upon them. So he needed to prepare them. He needed to lay down some things for them. He did not want them to be blindsided by what would happen to him. This is the first message of what would take place in Jerusalem concerning Jesus. Jesus explained that he must go into Jerusalem, and while there he would be treated with contempt. This would not be a time of rejoicing for Jesus, nor for his disciples. He would be going to Jerusalem to suffer at the hands of those claiming to be of God, namely the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. It would become so Bad that Jesus would be turned over to the Roman officials to be killed, and the great new—the uh, great news in this whole thing—would be that Jesus would rise on the third day. Now, all this information was a shock for the disciples to hear. They had to consider whether or not they wanted to travel with Jesus the rest of the way. Upon hearing this information, the disciples would be taken back. I'm pretty sure they're sitting there with their jaws dropped and their eyes wide open, looking at one another and kind of looking at one another and saying, what what is he talking about? This is not really going to happen. And so Peter The one who speaks above everyone else, the first to speak, lets his emotions take over all the time before and, you know, usually does not think before he speaks. Peter begins to speak and we get to Peter is rebuked here in verses 22 and 23. Hearing this information came as a shock to the disciples as it would to anyone. They knew who Jesus was. He was the Christ, the Son of the living God. So then how could he be killed at the hands of others? This was not possible. Peter. So Peter gets up and he pulls Jesus aside and begins to get after Jesus, begins to say such things, uh, don't say such things about your death. Peter did what any friend would do, did what any one of us would do. If presented with some information like this, we would probably get up and we would probably say, uh, well, then we, will, we just won't go to Jerusalem. We'll just avoid going there and then you won't have to go to the cross. Or we might say that just like Peter, never, Lord, that's not going to happen to you. That would never take place. You are the You are the son of the living God. How can this take place? This is not going to happen to you. And Peter is standing all rightly and justly to, to, in his own mind, in his own thinking, thinking he's protecting Jesus, thinking he's uplifting God. And that's, you know, that's what we do as human beings. When somebody comes to us with some information, we try to be positive. We try to be on the bright side of things and be, and Peter has the best intentions for Jesus, but Peter was not in the right frame of mind to rebuke Jesus. He did, he was not in the right thinking to rebuke Jesus, and I don't think anyone ever is. Have you ever tried to talk to someone who was going through a tough time? Have you ever tried speaking to someone who who was facing challenging times, and you try to be positive, and you try to uh, look on the bright side of things? And this is what Peter is doing, trying to be positive and letting Jesus know that what he said about his death would not happen to him. He would not allow it to take place. He would not allow it, uh, the, the things around him or the circumstances to, to, to let Jesus go to the cross and die. Peter found out real quickly How wrong he was to stand against Jesus. Jesus told Peter to stand aside and get behind me. There was nothing he was going to say. That was going to stop what was going to happen to him. Jesus told Peter he was a stumbling block for him. Peter was the stone on which Jesus was going to start his church. But now... This stone is in the way. This stone is a hindrance for Jesus. So what happened? What happened to Peter? The one that Jesus was going to use to start his church. What happened that he became a hindrance for Jesus? There is an understanding by Peter and of his thoughts about Jesus. And we get that in verse 16. In verse 16 of this chapter, it says, Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Peter understands that. So then why does he not understand that Jesus must go through these things? Peter had an understanding as well as the other disciples of who the Messiah or the Christ was. He was to be the king of the Jews. The Messiah was to be the king of the Jews. They saw the Messiah as someone who would take the Jewish nation and deliver them out of the hands of the Roman government. And Peter had this in mind. His thoughts were were, were uh, uh, of Jesus coming in uh, and saving the people. But Jesus' thoughts were greater than that. Jesus didn't have in mind what Peter had in mind. His thoughts rose higher. And this is what made Peter a stumbling block. His thoughts and his mind were not that of God. He did not see the big picture of the work of Jesus Christ. He thought Jesus' work would would be all earthly and nothing could come against him. Peter is thinking earthly and not godly. Jesus had a greater picture of the Messiah, not only to save a people from a governing party, which he did not do, but to save the entirety of man to come and present his son for the, present himself as the son the messiah for the entirety of man and jesus gives him a strong rebuke referring to him making him equal to satan why why was that such a strong rebuke it was such a, a harsh rebuke that jesus gave to Peter it was stern we want, we must remember back in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus was being tempted in the desert and Satan said all you have to do all oh, you takes them up high all looks at look at all these kingdoms they'll be yours if you da- uh, get down and bow down to me I will give it to you You'll be ruler over everything. Satan was trying to give Jesus an easy way out. One which would allow him to avoid the cross. Peter is speaking in pretty much the same way. Trying to keep Jesus from the cross You're going to be okay, Jesus, that's not going to happen to you. We'll protect you. That's never going to happen. Jesus knew he had to go to the cross. And and in pretty much the same way as Satan was trying to keep uh, Jesus from the cross, Peter's trying to keep Jesus from the cross, but we've got to remember uh, that that Satan was never had the best intentions. Satan was trying to just keep Jesus away from the throne. Peter had some good intentions behind it, but it was not right. His, His thinking wasn't correct. Peter and the other disciples would not know the full extent of the Messiah. The fullness of the Messiah. They would not know that until the day of Pentecost. When Peter began to minister to all those around him as they came upon, the the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began to minister and they began to speak in different languages to others, others around them. They didn't understand the full extent of the the Messiah until that day. So Peter here does not fully understand the Messiah, the, the, the duty of the Messiah. And so we have Peter here. And so Jesus comes to this part as he explains. And he says to all the disciples, If anyone would come after me. Jesus gives a series of things Christian brothers and sisters should adhere to. First thing is to deny. Deny ourselves. Deny himself. Deny our our will. This speaks to the worldly ambitions in life. What do we strive to do each and every day? What are the things that were, what are our goals? Are they, are they God-centered or are they worldly-centered? We are to commit our lives to Christ and to what He would want for us, not what we want for ourselves. It is letting God's will reign in us and not letting our will submit to God's. And letting our will submit to God's, excuse me. Usually, we want it the other way around. We want our will to be done and not God's will. This was Peter's frame of mind when Jesus rebuked him. He wanted his will to be done. Our will is to rescue Jesus from the cross. God's will is for him to go to the cross. We see Jesus suffering and we see the glory of God in Jesus on the cross. And so for each and every one of us, we have to have that frame of mind of God. We must deny our own thoughts, deny our own, our, our own selves, and live for God. His will should be done in our lives. Our ambitions should be God's ambitions. Deny ourselves. The next thing Jesus speaks is to take up the cross, to take up His cross. This is to live a life for Christ. It is to take the challenges of following Christ in every way possible. This does not mean the burdens of life. To say, well, I have um, I have arthritis, and this is the cross I have to bear. This would not be consistent with these verses, with this verse. That's not what he's talking about here. That's not what he's saying when he's saying, take up the cross. Take up the cross of Christianity. Take up the cross of Jesus Christ and go with it. It means that we take up everything Jesus did, even to the point of carrying the cross in the same manner Jesus did. Jesus picked up the cross to go to his death. We pick up the cross to go to our death. We pick up the cross in the same manner Jesus picked it up. Not in our own, but in the same manner that Jesus did. And he says, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Jesus was addressing those that do not take up the cross. Jesus knew the cross was a symbol of the harshest death known to the people of that time. The Roman government would save this torturous death only for their enemies. They would not let their own people suffer in this manner. Jesus is saying, you want to be spared of the cross? Sure, you can save your own physical life. You can preserve that. You can have that self-preservation in mind. But spiritually spiritually you will be dead. The spiritual life is gone. The spiritual life would be dead. Oh, you would live physically. You would, you would be spared of the cross and all its pains and all its, its uh, challenges. But spiritually you would be dead. Dead. And this goes in conjunction with verse 26. If a man gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul, there is nothing good that comes from this. If I can gain everything on this world, I've forsaken my soul, and the only thing that comes is eternal separation from God and eternal damnation. There's nothing good at all when we follow the world to attain worldly possessions. And to attain worldly status. We forsake the grace of God and eternal life. For only the breath of time we are in this world or on this earth. It's only but a moment. It's only but a breath and we're gone. But we can live eternally with Jesus Christ. If we let all that go. But if we lose our life for Him, we will find it. Amen. When we follow Christ, all things which we might think are important begin to fade. And we begin to realize what God has in store for us. We find out what it is to follow Jesus Christ fully. It is not mere lip service, but a full-on service of Him. If we forsake the safety and the comforts in which we live, Our lives for the sake of Jesus, then we begin to find true life. Our true life comes by doing the will of Jesus, our Lord. And when we follow Him in obedience, then we begin to gain true life. Amen. Spiritually. Now, when I say life, what I mean is that we understand that this is a physical life. This physical life will go away, but our soul continues on in eternity. Amen. And so we come to this point. If you would come after me, if you would come after me, my brothers and sisters, if we choose Jesus Christ, there are certain challenges in our way. There are certain things we're going to face. There are certain things that come with picking up the cross of Christ and carrying it. There are challenges that we're going to meet. There is opposition that we're going to meet. And we're going to take that and take that in pretty much the same way that Jesus Christ had to take it and suffer. Hopefully none of us will have to be uh, nailed to the cross, which I don't think is, is scripturally based. We don't have to do that, but we take it with us each and every day. Each and every moment we rely on the cross of Christ. Amen. And in doing so, we gain true life. So if anyone would come after Jesus Christ, there are certain challenges that will come up to you. There are certain things that are going to come up each and every day that we must face. Amen. And as Jesus finishes up here, He says the Son of Man is going to come with His Father's glory. Jesus is speaking to the life of men and women. The verse, you reap what you sow, comes to fruition. What did, we, what did we reap while we're here on earth? Or what do we reap? Was it only worldly things and self-satisfying things? Then we have reaped the harvest of God's wrath on our lives. If we live the life of obedience for Jesus Christ, then we have gained eternal life. Praise the Lord. Are you going to stumble and fall? Yes, you are. Are you going to stumble on the way? Yes. Is it challenging? Yes. But let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, keep on. Keep going. Keep moving in Jesus Christ. Because there is in store for us a crown. Amen. And we have an eternal home with God. And not eternal damnation. He says, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man come in His kingdom. Now we can look at this and say, well, what is He talking about? There are some say that He means the transfiguration. And we can use that. That's His kingdom, His fullness of who He is. And we can look at His gospel message as well. We can look at the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It went out to all, not only the Jews, but to all the Gentiles. As myself, I am a Gentile. Thank you for that, God, that you considered me. There were those that seen the Son of Man change the world through His death burial, and resurrection. Amen. And that's the fullness of Jesus Christ. The Son of Man come in His kingdom. So for each and every one of us today, as we look at what Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us, we must maintain our walk. We must take up the cross. We must continue to press forward. Things are tough, I know. Things are challenging, I know. All around us, it seems like all we hear is someone, so and so has passed away. This person has passed away. This person is suffering, and it seems like that's what's filling uh, our, our telephone conversations, filling uh, Facebook, filling the news. You know, and this uh, this person has not been uh, has been treated unjustly. This group of people is not being treated justly. There's no justice for anyone. But my brothers and sisters, we are to live a life for Christ. We are to present our lives to Christ. And all these things, these challenges that we face, we cha- we challenge them through prayer. We stand up to them by prayer. We stand up on our faith, we stand on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Because the moment we step off, we will sink. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, his righteousness. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us, Father. Pray you continue to guide and lead us, guide and be with each and every one of us. Forgive me of my sins and what I've said and done, Father. Guide and lead each and every one of us, Lord. Guide and be with us, Father. Be with the listener, Lord. Watch over them and be with them. Continue to lead them, Lord, this day. That if there's any challenges, Father, that you strengthen them, Lord that they would continue to follow and continue to go to you, continue to seek your word uh, in their lives, Lord, each and every day. I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for each and every day, Father. I pray, Lord, for our, our nation, Lord, as we go through many things, Father, this, this COVID virus, this uh, these protests, Father, the deaths, Lord. There are many things which are challenging our, our brothers and sisters, Father. But we are not the only ones, Father. But we know the whole world, Lord. Our brothers and sisters throughout the whole world are going through the same thing, Father. And I lift them up to you as well, Father, in their own communities, that they would be a light for you, Father. I pray for the and Community Baptist Church, that we would be a light for you in this community, Father. I ask all these things. In your Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray, Lord, let it be. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, May the Lord bless you and keep you safe this week in Jesus Christ. Amen.